0: jesse smollett is gonna fight this thing until he goes to the grave he he you know what's amazing about this what i find to be amazing is when every person knows when everyone knows that you're lying when everyone knows that you are not telling the truth like it's just you putting up this front that no one is buying he still he still wants to fight this and he's still like and see here's the thing i understand it i get it because once if he confesses and changes his story well that's a lot of money he's got to pay up and i'm i'm going to talk about this How he's suing the city of Chicago now. Okay, so... I mean, this is ridiculous. But I get it... Because... He is a... He's... He's got a lot on the line with this story. Because here's the thing. His career... Is pretty much... It's pretty much over. Unless he unless he just self produces, but here's the thing: he's untouchable. Because here's the thing: pretty much for the rest of it for the rest of his life, when people think of Jesse Smollett, they will not think of Empire. They will think of the fake hate crime. They will think of Dave Chappelle c- calling him Juicy Smollett. That's what we will associate with just with Jesse Smollett. So this is from Fox News. By the way, all three of my sources are from Fox News um, this time. So this is a this is a rarity. Okay, Jesse Smollett. Oh my, oh my God. He he ah. Jesse Smollett says that ten thousand dollars he was mandated to pay after the criminal case against him was closed should prevent the city of Chicago from seeking reimbursement for the police investigation following his claim back in January 2019 that he was a victim of a racist and homophobic attack. Let me say this. I want to ask you guys a basic basic math question. Okay. Do you believe... Do you believe that $10,000 is equal... To do you believe that ten thousand dollars is equal to one hundred and thirty thousand dollars? I mean just 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 do the math. Does ten thousand dollars equal one hundred and thirty thousand dollars? It does not. Jesse and his lawyers are saying that the ten grand should be enough. Let's do this. Let's say you made a loan to a friend. Okay? We'll we'll, we'll use we'll use small basic numbers, okay? We'll, we'll we'll do some we'll do stuff in proportion here. Okay? Let's say you loan me $130. Okay? I come back to you with $10 and I say that 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 should be enough. You shouldn't you shouldn't want any more you would look at me like I'm like I'm a crazy person. The city of Chicago, the police spent $130,000 investigating this fake hate crime. And Chicago is a crime-ridden city. And they have real problems to deal with. But Jesse Smollett was, you know, he wanted more money, he wanted more attention... He wanted more fame, he wanted more notoriety. And so he said, you know what? Let me just let me just pretend to be the victim of a crime here. And let me just let me just deal with it. Let me just let me just you know let's play this out. You know, I'm gonna be in the news and then people are gonna instantly feel sorry for me. You know, I'm, I'm gonna get a pay raise, I'm gonna get interviews. You know, people are going to want to work with me. People are going to come to my defense. People are going to have pity for me. This is all going to work out. So Jesse Smollett was extraordinarily selfish and said, you know what, let me let me do my thing. Let me do my thing. He did his thing. He, he made his plan. All for it to be found out to be a lie. And I... Let's just go back over the story again. Okay, this is a small... You can find this in the article. In January, Smollett told police he was attacked by two masked men as he was walking home from a Chicago Subway sandwich shop at approximately 2 a.m. The openly gay actor alleged that the masked men beat him, taunted him with the homophobic and racial slurs, and yelled, This is MAGA country. Okay, so let's go over the story again now. So Jesse Smollett first of all i don't know if you've ever been to chicago but chicago has some crazy weather okay it can it can be raining one second and then sunshine and rainbows the next in the winter it gets very it gets extraordinarily cold i mean during this time they had a polar vortex a polar vortex So he, he comes out, he's walking, and if you see the footage, if you see the footage, he is the only guy, he's the only person smart enough to be on the street at that moment. And he goes to get a Subway sandwich at two in the morning. He walked. This, this guy walked from his, from his apartment to get a subway sandwich at 2 in the morning in Chicago doing a polar vortex. I love the way Dave Chappelle talked about this because he he explained it in a way that everyone just we we knew and we were like that's the reason we don't believe this guy. So many so many things went wrong with with his with his approach. First of all, you have to understand the audience of empire, okay? Empire is a show For black people. Try, try going into a group of white people and just talking about the show Empire. No, very few, if anyone, if any of them are going to, are going to comment on it. The only thing they might say about Empire is like, oh, that's the one with like that, that actor who did that fake hate crime, right? That's probably the only thing they would know about Empire. So he said, (laughs) <laughs> he said, he said that they said, the, the two attackers in MAGA hats, mind you, in Chicago, which is really a place where you want to wear a MAGA hat, said, <laughs> aren't you that, fa- I think it's, I think it was faggot nigger from Empire. These people wouldn't know who Jesse Smollett is. I didn't know who he was. I had heard one of his songs before, but I had no idea who he was. And I'm a black person (laughs) from a black family. And I attend a black church. I, you know, I mean, and I heard people sometimes talk about Empire, but I I just, I never joined the conversation because I just didn't care. And I don't watch TV like that, especially black TV. And so he, he sold the story and it's like, no one, no one believes this. Like no one believes it's, and it's it's sound official from the beginning. But you know, as I am with crimes or alleged crimes, it's like okay, it's it's it, it may sound off, but let's investigate. Let's see if there's anything here. Is there any evidence here? We look at the evidence. It all points back to Justice Smollett, or as some of you know him, Juicy Smolier. This is. He he's just he is getting on people's nerves at this point. There's no one I don't here's the thing. His friends don't even believe him. There's, any here's the thing. Anybody with sense. Anybody with sense that just looked at this evidence. If here's the thing, you could find an uh, find an unbiased person. Bring bring them into Find an unbiased person who's never heard of Justice Millet, who doesn't know what Empire is. If you just, if you just laid out the evidence for them and explained to them what happened, they would look at you funny. Because the story sounds funny. No one believes this guy, but he's, go- he's going to fight this. He's, 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 he's gonna fight this for an extraordinarily Long time. It's it's just... It's it's just ridiculous. He really... I mean, he's... Attorneys for the... This back in the article. Attorneys for the former Empire actor filed a response Tuesday to Chicago's lawsuit in federal court. They also filed a counterclaim against the city saying Smollett was the victim of a malicious prosecution that caused humiliation and extreme distress that's another thing that that irritates me with jesse smollett he got upset see here's the thing here's the thing he got upset at these at at the police who investigated the crime he went to the police think think, think about this he goes to the police and says i suffered a hate crime or he didn't he didn't go to the police the police came to him he called them up they came to his apartment. He's still wearing the noose around his neck. Just, and he's like, you know, do you want to take off the noose? And he's like, yeah, you know, I just, just wanted you guys to see the noose on me. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. But, he got mad at the police for investigating the crime. What if the, here's the thing. What if he, what if he reported the crime and the police said, you know what? We'll get to it whenever. We've got a lot of crimes. We'll get to it whenever. Do you know how hard the Chicago police would be slammed? They'd probably fire the chief of police. They'd probably, they would probably try to get the mayor to resign. Th- there are so many things. At, and at the time it was Rahm Emanuel. Um, and there were just so many people who just, who, were, who'd be like, Oh my gosh, see, this is what's wrong with the police. Like, they don't care about black people. They don't care about gays. They're not investigating hate crimes. They're not doing their job. The police did their job. It comes out that he's lying, and now he's upset that he he was upset that they investigated him. I mean, wow. Prosecution caused humiliation and extreme distress. Yeah, you should be distressed. You you made the whole thing up. Like that, like that's a serious like that's a serious thing to do. First of all, you you fake a hate crime which means you report the hate crime pretty much the the Chicago police pretty much said okay the nation is looking at us right now drop everything we got we got we got to see what happened here like we got to get this and we got to get this right now the Chicago police used all of their resources and they come out and they say okay you know what you're working overtime. You're working overtime. You're working like we're, like we're gonna do this. They do their they they did their jobs and like caused humiliation and extreme distress. He should have thought about that before he before he made this whole thing up. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. He thought he was smarter than the police. He thought him and these three guys. These, here's what, (laughs) these three guys, Juicy Smoliet and the Osindario brothers, they're sitting there thinking, okay, we, like, we can do this. No, you can't. No, you can't. You came up with this, you came up with this idea, and it didn't work, it failed, you blatantly lied. And now you're humiliated. Yes. You should be humiliated. And you should be in prison. He should be in prison. And here's... here. See, here's the amazing thing. The police are kind of pulling off. They're just saying, Look, just give us our money back. Like, look at... Like, we put in... We put in this much money worth of resources into your crime, which turned out to be fake. Give us our money back. I get, here's the thing. I guarantee you. I, I almost guarantee you. If he if it see it's too late now. Too too much damage has been done. If he just paid the hundred thirty grand, we wouldn't be thinking oh, about Jesse Smollett anymore. Dave Chappelle never would have done his thing. I mean, he might have, but because be, you know this thing just keep pop. It's like every month ever since January. Since the first thing... Do you guys realize this? you guys realize we are about to be in 2020? You realize that? In less than 45 days, we will be in 2020. This whole case, this whole mess started in January 2019. This started 11 months ago, and it's like every month, something else comes up. He, he's gonna keep fighting this he's gonna keep fighting this he, he he's he's come too far to give up now like he's he's at a point where he he can't possibly change his story he can't I mean i just personally I just don't know how you can be connected with this guy like it's just it's seriously not worth it like i i wouldn't even want to be seen around this dude like I don't want to be seeing hanging hanging out with him at an ice cream shop, or you know, going to the gym with this guy. This is not this is not a guy I want to be around or associate with. This is this is just ridiculous. The city of Chicago should get their money back, and it should come from Jesse Smollett, not the taxpayers. The taxpayers they, they're already they're already paying enough. They're they're already paying they're already paying a ton of taxes. They did their part. Their their hard-earned money went to taxes that went to local government. Some of it went to local government, and they used $130,000 worth of these taxes to investigate a fake hate crime for a guy who just wanted more fame and more money. Sickening. It's sickening. I... You know, I I seriously care about this story because this is just... This is just wrong. This is wrong. You guys know how much I hate victimhood. And what's worse is, see, what this does... This hurts people who actually suffer hate crimes. Those who actually do get... Those who actually suffer hate crimes, it's like, man... It's like, well... Well, now what? Fake hate... Fake people... Victims, quote-unquote victims of fake hate crimes, hurt actual victims of actual hate crimes. People who who falsely report rape, or sexual assault, or sexual misconduct, hurt those who actually do, who actually are victims of those actual crimes. I seriously care about this story, like, I don't know how long this is going to, I don't know how long this is going to last, Um, I, I gotta be honest, I didn't even think it would last this long. I mean, I would like to say it'll be done within 2020, but I mean, we're seriously like stretching this thing out. It's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just, he shouldn't, he doesn't think he should have to pay because he, he says the $10,000 was enough. That is just the dumbest argument I've ever heard. If we, if I, if you give me a hundred, if you give me a hundred and thirty dollars and I, and, and I return to you ten dollars, you're going to ask, where's my other hundred and twenty bucks? I'm going to say, what are you talking about? That, that ten bucks is enough. Man, get out of here. Get get out of here with that actual garbage. Okay. Aaron Carter. I don't know if you guys know um here's the thing. Here's the thing. Millennials and some older Gen Zs know Aaron Carter. If you're younger, you probably don't know him. You're probably like, Who the heck is this guy? Um there was a movie. Um this is this is and this is a message for my younger um my younger audience um my fellow my fellow Gen Zs um those okay so there was a movie called Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius there was the show but there was a movie and the movie was great i just i it's a great movie like i could watch it i i seriously could watch it at any time like it's it's a movie that i really don't get tired of um 'Cause it just you know, it brings me back to my childhood and I I, I I really enjoy it. Um but uh Aaron Carter did a song Um called Leave It Up to Me. And there's a whole music video in it and it's it's just oh my god, it's just it's such a banger. Like I still listen to it to this day. Like it's a good song. But anyway, that's kinda of who Aaron Carter is. He's a he's a he's a artist. Oh, also Also, if you, um, let's see, if you know Liberty's kids, um, the theme song, uh, it's the guy who kind of like raps his part, that's Aaron Carter. So that, that's who that is. If you ever watch Aaron Carter, great theme song, by the way, um, but it's Aaron Carter and this woman, this girl named Kaylin, I, I can't think of her last name right now, but anyway, that's who Aaron Carter is and, you know. That's probably, that may be what you know about him, you know, if you're, you know, younger. But anyway, I would say watch that movie. Uh, watch the music video. It's certainly worth your time. Um, And also watch Liberty's Kids. It's a, it's a really good, you know, it doesn't get into too much of it. It doesn't get too deep, but it really tells, you know, the story of the Revolutionary War in a very, very fun fashion. Okay, so here we go. Uh, that was just some background on who this guy is, because this this guy is he is just really falling off, like he's really just fallen off, and it it sucks. Like he looks bad, like he like he looks like he's about to drop dead. Hopefully that's not the case, because he's only thirty one, like he's like he's a young dude. Okay, Aaron Carter says he's devastated after reportedly being ordered to surrender his firearms when his sister Angel was granted an extended restraining order against him. Aaron, 31, who has been locked in a public dispute with his siblings Angel and Nick, took to his Instagram story on Tuesday to reveal to fans that his guns will be taken away and to accuse his sister of lying in court. I am devastated by what happened in court today, Aaron wrote on his Instagram story. My sister lied over and over in an effort to take away my Second Amendment rights, and she did it on behalf of my brother, Nick Carter to silence me, about, silence me talking about how he raped and sexually assaulted multiple women. I will abide by the judge's order, but I will not stop speaking on behalf of victims such as Melissa Schumann. I am saddened by my family and what they have done to me. Your, your lies have broken my heart. Uh, Aaron did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. Um, his sister is pretty good looking. Um, At least in this picture. Uh, Aaron will be forced to stay away from his sister for an additional year and cannot possess firearms in that time, Entertainment Tonight reports. He was reportedly ordered to stay 100 yards away from Angel, her husband, their home, and their respective places of work. He's also barred from harassing or threatening them on social media in any way. The judge's ruling merely extends a previously granted restraining order. Uh, Aaron also posted... A photo of himself high-fiving Schumann with the caption, Yes. No more fake halos for a year. Hashtag no, and, no, Angelo. Which is, you know, hashtag no, and then Angel, oh. So it's, I think it's, I think it's kind of a dig on his sister. Um, trio in place for one more year. At the Melissa Schumann. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure who this Melissa Schumann is. Um, If this is indeed her in this photo with Aaron Carter, who now unfortunately has a face tattoo, um, she's cute. She's cute. Uh, Aaron previously accused his older brother of sexual assault and claimed that a restraining order filed by Nick was retaliation for siding with his accusers. However, Nick denies the claim. Nick and his sister Angel have been trying to get Aaron the help he needs and sought protective orders ...against Aaron because he is not well and they are concerned for the safety of themselves and their family. His lawyer, Michael D. Holtz, said in a statement to Fox News at the time, According to TMZ, Aaron yelled at the judge after the hearing didn't go his way and he was told that he was too dangerous to possess firearms. The star reportedly said he would simply go to another state to buy more guns. The outlet reports that the restraining order docs uh, were filled in September after Aaron allegedly threatened to send hitmen after Angel... She claims she fears for herself and her husband. Uh, the L.A. County Sheriff's Office previously told Fox News that Aaron surrendered two of his firearms to the officers on, to their officers. Uh, however, Aaron claimed at the time he was he still had his pistol and shotgun for protection, which he'll have to now give up. Aaron previously posted a video to Instagram in which he showed that he purchased guns legally and was a supporter of the Second Amendment. Okay, so I'm not going to get into the whole the whole situation of what his brother Nick allegedly, supposedly did according to Aaron. But I do want to get into this. You know, it's important. Uh, the Second Amendment is an, is an extraordinary. It's just a beautiful concept. It really is. All right, and I think what people have to look at. Mmm, that's some good tea. What people have to look at and understand is, well, let me ask you this before before I go into that. If someone accuses you of a crime and says that you are a danger to them, should you have to give up your guns when you haven't done anything? And I don't know if you... I talk about this movie, Minority Report, and it's a very, very good movie. I really encourage you to see it. Um, I'm not a fan of Tom Cruise, really. I like him in Mission Impossible. I think he's good with that stuff. Top Gun. I think it's an overrated movie. But anyway, um, there's a movie called Minority Report, and it's kind of one of his early films. You can see how young he is. And pretty much what the... Co- the concept is really interesting, and it makes you think. Um, but there is this, uh, police force known as the pre-crime unit. And what it is, is there is this police force, or it's the specific unit where pretty much, um, they go and stop crime before it happens. And the way they do that is there are these three. They're not gods. I can't think of a word. I'll call them robots. I'll call them robots. There was there are these three robots who pretty much see into the future, and they they see things that are that are going to happen. And whenever they see that a crime is, whenever these robots see that a crime is about to happen, they send this little message to the to the pre crime unit, and then the pre crime unit has to do their best to get to get to the crime. The scene of the crime as fast as, or not quite the scene of the crime, but the scene of the, but the scene where the crime is supposed to take place as fast as possible and stop the person from committing the crime. And so I, and so it's just a really good movie and I just encourage you to watch it. Um, but I, I just, I find this, I find this to be interesting. Should people have to give up their guns? For, I mean, should you have should you have to give up your should you have to surrender your guns just because someone deems you a threat? Now he hasn't actually done anything. I think he hasn't actually done he hasn't actually brought harm to them. But she got she got the restraining order. And by, and by the way, if you don't know how restraining orders work, it's not like there's this, (laughs) I remember talking to this one person and he didn't, um, he didn't quite understand how restraining orders worked. He's like, how do they know if you're like so many feet away? And it's like, but the point of a restraining order is to say, okay, don't, it's pretty much stay away from this person. There's no like police officer who's, who follows you wherever you go and is making sure that you, that you are so many feet or yards away. So I mean that's just that's just not a that's just not a that's not how it works in case you in case you didn't know that. But anyway, I mean it's it's huge. So I mean I mean what do you think? It's I think I think it's just an I think it's an interesting concept and I think it's something interesting to think on. Personally, I think not. I don't think it's okay to. You can't tell me to surrender my firearms when I haven't done anything. Like there was some, it's there's this one, there's this one law. I can't, I can't think of what it is. I have to, I have to pull it up. But there's this, there's this one law where, if if you feel, and it's not, it's not in every state, but if you if you feel that there are certain people who you are threatened by and you don't like the idea of them having a gun, you can call the police and tell them, um, okay, this... And I may be getting the details. I may be a little bit off on the details. But it's like, okay, I'm not comfortable with this person having a gun. I don't think I'm safe with this person owning a gun. And pretty much, it's like you are monitored because of that. You haven't done anything. It's just you don't feel safe it's just it's just someone else doesn't feel safe with you having your firearms i think that's terrible and i think it's wrong anyway um i don't know all the details that happened you know with this with this nick guy i hope they get it together um i you know here's the thing i hate seeing families being torn apart i hate seeing families you know Fighting and stuff like that. I, I will. I will say this: there are times in life where it's best to not. Sometimes it's best to just not talk to. To just not talk to people. It's just best to not talk to certain family members. It's not that you hate them. It's not that you don't love them. It's just that you know what? It's it's better that we do not talk. It's just, it's just better that we don't interact with each other. And you know, I I'm not I mean I'm not saying to to do that often but you know if you if you have a certain family member that you two just kinda go out and you guys just don't really get along and when other families are around it just it makes things worse. Sometimes it's just better to just not have a relationship with that person. It may be your, it may be your cousin, your grandmother, your your dad, your sister, your brother. It, it could be any of your family members. It could just be a person that you have a relationship with. Sometimes it's just better to just end the relationship than, you know, carry this stuff out and just drag other people into it. You know, seeing families, you know, fight against each other, it's just, it's rough, man. You know, there's, um, you know, and one of the themes of the Godfather. It's a pretty stupid theme, in my opinion, but it's uh, or a, le- a pretty stupid way to live by. But it's like it's like don't don't ever go against your family, which is really stupid because there are times where you know your family is you know your family is just not doing the right thing, and I'm not just saying that because it's The Godfather, but it's like. It's almost like because they're your family, you have to, you have to agree with them. You have to do what they do. And you know, you can't go against them. That's just a stupid collectivist concept that I really don't recommend. And I actually strongly suggest that you don't do that. I'm not saying go against them. I'm just saying don't just go with it. Don't just do something and go with something just because it's your family. That's just, that's just nonsense. Unfortunately, you can't pick your family. I you know, I I I I ask you guys this. If you guys had the ability to pick your family, like let's just let's just play out the scenario here. Would you like to be able to pick who your parents are? Personally, I think that'd be quite, I think that'd be kind of interesting. Overall, overall um I look at it this way. If I could go back, and I know I'm, I know I'm getting off track here, but this this really just came to me. If I had the option, with the knowledge that I have now, if I could go back and have the ability to pick who my parents were and who I'd be born to, would I pick different people other than my parents? My answer is yes. Because there are there are things. It's not because I hate my parents, but my parents, because, because my parents got together, you guys know that I have sickle cell anemia and what that does is it, it shortens life expectancy and the average, the average life expectancy of someone with sickle cell anemia is about 60 to 70 years. So it's not like, you know, I'm going to die at, you know, at 25. It's not like that. Um, but it is like, okay, you know, I won't be able to live as long as I'm not. Well, not, I won't be able to, but it's, you know, the odds of me living to where I would like to be are against me. Um, you know, I, I feel the effects of sickle cell anemia. Um, I probably, I probably feel it the most out of all my siblings. Um, it's just, it it is what it is. Um, but that's kind of, that's kind of the main reason why I would pick different, different people. Because it's just... It's a it's a different kind of life that you don't really understand, unless unless you have something. And I, I'm going to say this about people with invisible diseases. You know, it's difficult having a disease that no one else can see. It's difficult because people are like, oh, you look fine. Oh, just you know, you know, push through it or just do whatever. It's like people just don't understand it. They don't get it. And I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say this to people with you know, invisible um diseases and you know stuff like that that you know what don't even worry about those people unless they are unless it's like your significant other or your children or your close or like close friends or like employer don't explain it to these other random people because they're not going to get it people never you never fully understand something unless you go through it like, that, that's, just, that's just how it works. I, you know, I've tried explaining sickle cell anemia... I've explained sickle cell anemia to multiple people, and they get it, but you just... You simply just don't understand it. It's like someone... Someone with, um... You know, someone had, like, a neurological disease. You can't... You can't really explain it. You can explain the concept to them, but you can't quite explain everything and you just won't get it so if you do have one just don't you know don't worry about those other people and because because ultimately they don't matter and it's like you know you're the one who's facing the disease you're the one who's got to work with it you're the one who's got to deal with it don't try to explain it to everybody don't try to get everyone to understand it because they won't okay so now another second amendment story um first of all um this is this is in a way, this is a great story, this is a great story, but it's also kind of morbid, okay? So, there was a Georgia teenage girl who planned a knife attack at a predominantly black church. Um, So, luckily, it didn't happen, it's, it stopped, I mean, it didn't stop because it never happened, but it was prevented, and it's just, you know, great, this is, this is tremendous, Um, Let's get into the article. A teenage girl in Georgia was arrested after an alleged plot was discovered by her classmates last week to to attack a mostly black church by using knives on worshippers because of their race, according to officials. The Gainesville, Georgia, police department said on Tuesday the white 16-year-old girl, who had not been identified, planned to attack the Bethel African Methodist Episcopal Church located in the northern part of the state. Okay, so... Um well let me let me just say this. Um if you don't know what episcopals are uh, um episcopalians are they okay so first of all um I'm not going to get into whole theolo- uh religion and theology and stuff like that but I'm going to give you a little basic background. So uh the episcopalians are I guess you could say descendants of the Anglican Church which was started in 1538 I want to say by King Henry VIII you know the Church of England so they're kind of they kind of branch off from there um and this is according to the Episcopalians main website of you know what we believe uh we Episcopalians believe in a loving liberating and life-giving God Father, Son and Holy Spirit um as constituent members of the Anglican Communion in the United States We are descendants of and partners with the Church of England and Scottish and the Scottish Episcopal Church and are part of the third largest group of Christians in the world. We believe in the following, the teachings of Jesus Christ, whose life, death, and resurrection saved the world. Um, we have a legacy of inclusion, aspiring to tell and exemplify God's love for every human being. Women and men serve as bishops, priests, and deacons in our church. Lay people and clergy cooperate. As leaders at all levels of our church, leadership is a gift from God and can be expressed by all people in our church, regardless of sexual identity or orientation. Okay, so that's kind of, you know, that's what they claim to believe. All right, so that's Episcopalians for you. Um, the plot was revealed when Gainesville high school students told administrators on Friday the 16-year-old had a notebook with detailed plans to kill worshipers at the church, according to Gainesville Police Chief Jay Parrish. Uh, the student who immediately reported this to school saved uh, school officials saved lives," uh, Parrish said at a news conference on Tuesday. She had written down how she wanted to do it, the best way to do it. She had produced, she had procured some butcher knives, kitchen knives to do the attack with. After police were notified by school officials when the threat was verified, the 16-year-old girl was taken into custody and charged with criminal attempt to commit murder. The police chief said. She's being held in a youth detention center in Gainesville. While details of the alleged plot have yet to be released, uh, police said their investigation indicated the church was targeted by the juvenile based on the racial demographic of the church members. Gainesville is about 50 miles northeast of Atlanta and is a city of just over 40,000 people with 17% of whom are African American. Um... Yeah, so there's, um, there's, there's more to the article, but it's not that, um, not that critical to what I'm, to the point I'm trying to make here. Um, so it's interesting. You know, I find it amazing. I find it amazing. If this girl, what, let me say this, people may call this sexist, but I really don't care. This, like, this is a girl that was going to do this. Like, I saw this and I was like, I like, I had to, like, refresh the page a few times to just make sure I wasn't going crazy. It was a, it was a, it was a girl who was going to do this. Usually it's guys. So this was really something to me. But anyway, let's, let's just do this here. You realize, you realize, if this girl, okay, so, here's the thing. No one is going to talk about this story. No one's going to talk about this story. Okay. If this girl planned to use, let's say, an AR-15. Let's say she was. Let's say she was going to use as what, <laughs> as what the left calls assault rifles, which is just a stupid made-up term. if she was going to use if she was going to use a if she was going to use a rifle Democrats would be all over this they'd say oh my god see this is why we got to ban guns this is why you know the second amendment you know we got to we got to change it we got to adapt it got, you know we're going to take your guns and all that stuff but no 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 one's going to talk about this no one why because it's a knife and again let's do some numbers here I I I quote this I quote this uh, page often. Number of murder victims in the United States in 2018 by weapon: handguns, six thousand six hundred and three. Uh, firearms type not stated, two thousand nine hundred sixty-three. Knives or cutting instruments, one thousand five hundred fifteen. Um. <clears throat> other weapons or weapons not stated, nine hundred. Personal weapons, hands, fists, feet, etc. 672. Blunt objects like clubs or hammers, 443. Rifles, 297. Shotguns, 237. Other guns, 167. Asphyxiation, 90. Narcotics, 78. You know, it goes on and on from there. But, I mean, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. More people were killed by hands and feet and fists than rifles. More people were killed by knives than rifles. I mean, if anything, I mean, l- like, let's be real. See, this is, see, this is the thing. And th- this, this shows just how dangerous that the left can be on this matter. I'm not saying I hate I hate, you know, leftists. I don't hate them. I don't hate liberals. I disagree with liberals, and leftists, they're just to me exceptionally dangerous. Um But see, they're not trying to take away they're not trying to take away they're not trying to take away knives and stuff like that. They're not trying to do that. They're trying to take away the second you're you, they're trying to take away your ability to defend yourself with a firearm and protect yourself, your loved ones, and your possessions with firearms that's that's what they're trying to do because see here's the thing people like there are like often people will say and this is this is a very stupid point um but people will say that nazis are right wing or that nazis were were right wing and that's just stupid okay because let's think about this The right is very pro second amendment. We believe that it is your, that it is your right to have a gun and be able to, to be able to defend yourself, your loved ones and your possessions and your home. The Nazis, see, here's the thing. In Nazi Germany, private citizens could not own guns. They couldn't. All the guns were for the military. What does that do? Well, if you're a citizen, You can't fight against us. Why? Because we have the guns. You do not. You may have glass bottles. You may have, you know, a bunch of alcohol bottles and stuff like that. You can break them and chuck them against the wall and, you know, you can try to shank us with them. But you got to come close to us. With a gun, I don't have to get close to you. I can just shoot you. And what that does is it's like, okay, we can tell you what to do. And if you don't like it, that's really too bad. You just, you just deal with it. You just bend over and do what we say. That's how, that's how danger, that's why the Second Amendment is so important. It's because if your government is doing something, if your government is doing something that you believe to be wrong, and they are trying to do stuff that you deem to be unjust, and is, you know, just becoming, becoming, um, authoritarian, or becoming like a dictatorship. You have the ability to protect yourself and to protect, and to protect that which you love and defend yourself. When you don't have firearms, you cannot do that. I've told my sister, my sister and I have talked about this multiple times. I don't make the government, I don't make the government pitch to her, but she talked about how when she, when she, you know, goes out on her own and she, you know, when she lives on her own, that she will carry a bat. And I try to tell my sister, I said, I call her Sissy. I say, Sissy, listen. When you have a bat, you have to get close to the perpetrator. You have to get close to the person trying to harm you. And here's the thing. When you get close, that means they have a chance to grab what you have. If I have a rifle, I don't have to get close to you. With a bat, I have to get into swinging range. I have to, and that means... Up close and personal, and I told her, I was like, "What?" It? I was like, "Say it's a guy." I I said I said just use me for an example. I can easily overpower you, very easily. My sister's older than me. Uh, she's twenty four. You guys know that I'm twenty, but it's like it's like a guy. I can I, as a guy I can just simply overpower you. So I could easily, like you. You may hit me, but I I will somehow stop you swinging the bat take it from you and I will turn it against you and then you are really done so i mean you have to hope someone else comes along because if you just leave it up to me i'm going i'm going to beat you or hurt you or do whatever i want to you until i'm tired or until someone else stops me that's how that's that's why firearms are so important i'm not saying to live in fear but just, you know, be prepared and be ready. Put yourself in the best situation possible. Don't put yourself in a you don't Here's the thing. You don't want a fair fight. If someone breaks into my home, no, I'm I'm not going to be like, "Okay, well, you know, you know, let's you know, let's fight like men, you know, you know, put up your duke's dog." No. You come in my home, you try to hurt my family, I'm I, I'm going to do, I'm going to put myself, I'm going to give myself the best advantage possible. I want to live. I want to be healthy. I do not want to sustain injuries. If I do, I want to keep them to a minimum. I want to maximize, I want to maximize the damage to you, minimize the damage to me. I don't want a fair fight. I don't want to get up close and personal. With firearms, you, With firearms, you can make that possible. You can't do that with a bat. You can't do that with a knife. Unless, unless, I mean, you got throwing knives and you're accurate with that. But even with that, you know, you're, you're throwing a weapon at the individual. They can use that and throw it back at you. That's the beautiful thing about firearms. That's what, that's what the left wants. That's why the left wants to take away guns. They don't want to take away your hands and feet. They don't want to take away knives. They don't want to take away clubs and hammers. They don't want to do that. They want to take away your guns. They want to take away your ability to distance yourself from the danger. Because here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you can't, when you can't defend yourself, when worse comes to worse, and you can't defend yourself, that's it. You, you either, you either do what I say or you leave. Or I kill you and I, 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 pretty much force you to do whatever i want you to do the second amendment is crucial i it's the most important it's the most important one we lose the second amendment if we get if we have our guns taken our rights go very quickly extraordinarily quickly we say oh my god you're taking away my you're saying i can't i can't say what i want to say no you can't well that's not that's not fair Okay, well now there's a gunpoint that you do something about it. You don't have one. It's crucially important. I you know I thank God that this that this girl was stopped. This is a girl who's sick in the head. She has a lot of hate in her. Um, She needs to be punished for her you know for what for what was gonna happen. Um, and also also you can kind of you can kind of take this back to Minority Report, you know. Some some may debate, oh, she shouldn't be punished because she didn't actually do the thing. Some people would make that argument. But anyway, I I encourage you to watch the movie. It's really good. It really makes you think. um, Tom Cruise does great in it. There's action. um, A few funny scenes. It's it's a good movie. It's a good movie. Um, But anyway, man, you know, the Second Amendment, man, just... It is so crucial. Personally, I think it should be the First Amendment. I think, I think I would move the, I would move the First Amendment down to number two. That's just, that's just how important the Second Amendment is. When you don't have the ability to fight back, you have to do what I say. You have to. You, you, I mean, you may have a choice. You can either, you can, here's the thing. It's like, I can give you the options. Okay, you either do what I say or, I shoot you and I kill you and I hurt your family. You're going to do you're to for self-preservation. You're going to do the thing that you don't want to do. And you're going to you're going to try to do what it takes to survive. We don't want to survive. We want to thrive. I'm telling I'm telling you, man, I mean. Just. Uh, we we, we got to protect the Second Amendment. I know I've been talking about it a lot lately. But seriously, man, like, it, it is so, so important. We lose it. Oh, it's, uh, it's pretty much over.